0: Welcome to the show, I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, the ECT Ultra is a 50-kilometer race along the East Coast Trail, starting in Pooch Cove at Sunrise and ending at Sunset in Kitty Vitty. In 2013, Rob Briggs and Carolyn McElroy entered a 125-kilometer Canadian Death Race. And they'd never done a trail over 30 kilometers before and they realized they needed to up their game. So they decided to run from Pooch Cove to Kitty Vitty along the East Coast Trail. As they ran the route, they realized it would make a fantastic, challenging, and fun race. Exhausted and happy at the end, they enjoyed a pint and some hot food. Cheers. Now Rob had recently returned from the UK where fell or hill races are all about the race, not the extras like race food, medals, and t-shirts. Rob had seen a race advertised as five pounds entry, curly-whirlies for all finishers. So that's the race philosophy of the ECT Ultra. The race itself is a fun event. The finish line is inside the Inn of Old, where anyone who finishes gets a curly whirly and everyone gets homemade chili and can enjoy a beer while they wait for the other finishers. With an estimated 20 million participants since 2010, trail running has become one of the world's fastest growing sports, according to the International Track and Field Federation. So today we're going to talk with Don Clark. He's the Director of Sales, Marketing and Communications and Community Events Coordinator at the Outfitters Adventure Gear and Apparel and he's the organizer of the ECT Ultra. He's going to tell us more about the event itself. And in the second part of the show, we'll chat with Lindsay Baird, who was a first time participant in the ECT 50 this year. She'll share about our preparation, the highlights and tips for those looking at starting trail running and hoping to tackle next year's race. Will Don join me for the first half of the show from the Outfitters downtown to share more about the event last weekend? Let's check it out. Hi Don, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Mike, for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: No, it's such a timely topic. You guys just had a huge race. I'm, a, I'm, like I said before, I'm a big supporter of the store. I love your shop. And so I guarantee that you have been busy selling sneakers and getting people outfitted because you had a very, very big event last weekend. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, your relationship to the 50K ultramarathon that happened last week?
1: Um. Well, last week, uh, I was first time ever. I took on the role as the race director. Um, previously, the last two races that went ahead, I was a participant as well as a volunteer.
0: Before we talk specifically about that that race itself, I think that a lot of people are a little bit confused on what trail running is. It's, it's not the same as jog. It's not the same as the Telly 10. What is it? Can you give us like a Coles Notes version of it? Uh,
1: if anyone knows me, I like to give smart, uh, answers. And, uh, my first smart answer is trail running is running on a trail.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, by definition, anything that is not uh, pavement or sidewalk, um, some, whatever's off road that is technically trail running. However, in Newfoundland, we are very blessed with a world-class trail system that has been, uh, maintained and sustained by the East Coast Trail Association. And, uh, our trail running is a little bit more rugged, a little bit more technical than a lot of places in the world. But that's not to say a lot of places in the world don't have unique and independent and wonderful uh, trails themselves. But in some cases, trail running is running down a dirt road or a gravel path. But in our case, uh, we, we are on a rugged coastal terrain. I, I do have a secret, though. hmm And I I might as well put out there because the reason I wanted to get on here was um, celebrate our trail running community but um, we have open arms and we're always looking for more people to get out and um, what makes uh, trail running really special is that it's not non-stop hard running Mm. you are always three steps ahead of yourself and that's about it you get you go whatever pace you need to go. Maybe you want to walk up the hill. Maybe you want to run up the hill. Um, it's it's very open and it's very accessible to all ages and abilities. And um, it, it's kind of fun when you tell people you run on the trail and you're a trail runner. Yeah. And they think you are insane. Yeah. Um, but no, every, people should give it a try.
0: I think so. I think so. And there's so many trails that are close to close to this city, or if you live anywhere on the Avalon, there's going to be access to amazing trail systems or across the province, really. Now, when we do get into a little bit more of a hardcore approach towards it, you start getting into some serious distances. Okay. So when I look at even if you were to walk it, uh, the ultra marathon that you guys had uh, last weekend, what constitutes an ultra marathon? How far is that? Um,
1: the standard for an ultra marathon would be, um, it's just over 42 kilometers and just over 26 miles. The common two um, ultra marathon distances you will see is a 50 kilometer and a hundred kilometer. And sincerely, there are longer trail runs that are ultra marathons than that.
0: Wow. Well, and so for the East coast trail event that we have here, there's one that happens each year. How did it begin? What's the history of that?
1: Um, it was started by Carolyn McGillroy, and um, back in England, there is it's like trail running, but it's called fell running. Um, and there was a um, race that I believe inspired her, um, and it's all based on the personal accomplishment. That is what the spirit of the ECT50 is about. Uh, everybody goes out, you know. Some people go out to win, and other people go for the challenge, um, and sort of this, uh, I call it a shared suffering, um, with the rest of the community, but whatever your pace, like it is sincerely a real personal accomplishment Mm -hmm. to push yourself and test yourself to cover that distance. And, uh, the race starts at sunset and the race finishes at sunrise. So you have sunset to sunrise to uh, complete the distance from Pooch Cove to uh, Kitty Viddy. And we actually, uh, the finish line is the doorway at the end of Wald.
0: Oh, what a great, what a great uh, finish line that is. I have a place just yeah. down in Kitty Viddy, just up the street from Linda's spot. So that's uh, that's definitely a good, good place to uh, rehydrate after your long run. So what happened during the pandemic? Did you guys keep the race going during that period of time?
1: There was no race for uh, 2019 and 2020.
0: Mm -hmm. So things are getting back. How was participation this year with with it coming back on full stream?
1: Participation was fantastic. It met all expectations. Our um, our race cap is 100 people, which it is every year. We did have a few people drop out with some injuries and um, concerns about lack of training. But um, we ended up having uh, 83 people at the starting line.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: And as my first time as race director, I was very happy, uh, happy with that.
0: Oh, that's, a, that's excellent. I'm sure you were. Uh, were all the runners local or were there people from across the province or even further away? There is
1: a lot of people local across the province. Um, and there were a few people that were from Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Ontario, Alberta, uh, British Columbia, and even Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, cool. Well, that's great. So uh, how did the standings end up panning out at the end of the day? Is there different categories? How did that work?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all based on finish time. And Mm -hmm. um, traditionally, um, you have what we'll call uh, you'd have first place male, first place female, and then you would have your first place overall. So in in our case, uh, first place uh, was Wayne Walsh, and uh, he's from Paradise, and he finished in five hours, twelve minutes, and thirty seconds. And then um, Catherine Cochran uh, from Ottawa finished at five hours, eighteen minutes, and fifty-four seconds, and it was really impressive. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, that's a that's a, and that's fifty kilometers. That's not on a straight place. That's up and down the trails on rocky surfaces and roots, and that's uh, very impressive when you think about going ten kilometers an hour on that
1: but even more impressive like if you were at the aid stations um when they were passing like you could see them in uh really good spirits and you know um people trail running you see them smiling and even though they're suffering um not a lot of road running do you see people smiling (laughs) in there but Catherine, like she was coming through at each and she was smiling and laughing and she was having a, a grand old time that was uh, quite something to see
0: well our next guest is actually my sister-in-law and she came right by our house and we we're out in the road cheering her on as she came by it was fantastic to see and again good spirits and a fun feel to it it wasn't super competitive because well you had 50 kilometers to go so you couldn't take any one section too seriously it seemed like
1: it, it's, it's a bit of strategy on pacing yourself and reserving yourself for going strong and Knowing your limits, and you know, people people train and condition themselves um, to get themselves to that point. And uh, thankfully, we have a really well established series of races across the province um, that lead up to um, our event. It's not, it's all every, it's all independent. But I mean, we have the Joy Run Fifty, we have the Steep Ultra, we have the Rock Cut Ultra. Um, there's ales for trails. There was a uh, a new race out for the Damnable Trail, um, and I'm probably missing something as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, people are always out <laughs> running. We can trail running around, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was really uh, really impressive.
0: Yeah. And it's also impressive that it was set off by volunteers. So how many people volunteered, and who was all involved?
1: Yeah. So this is a not-for-profit race, um, ultimately benefiting uh, the East Coast Trail Association. Without the trail, we wouldn't have trail running. We have, behind the scenes, we had a whole team of volunteers who were out um, flagging the course ahead of time. So we had Sean Myrick and Chris Michalow and Grant Dwyer, Derek Roll, Wayne Walsh. I'm probably forgetting mm-hmm. um, people as well. Mm-hmm. The East Coast Trail Association, they even uh, moved their maintenance crew to help do some much-needed maintenance at the beginning of the trail. Uh, um, that was fantastic. Former race directors, Greg Greening and Jeff McDonald. Jeff was a great mentor um, in sharing his insights and experiences. Um, Same with Carolyn McGilroy. I'm giving me direction there. We had some people, uh, Rob and John, co-owners or founders for the Outfitters. They were were there helping um, Rob on the race day as well. Then our aid stations. Basically, each aid station, there's one in Flat Rock, Middle Cove Beach, uh, Loki Bay, the Marine Lab, and then we have our finish line in Katie Vitty. Mm-hmm. Um So we have a team of people who are doing the timing and assisting people uh, filling their water bottles um, or what, what they might need. So in Flat Rock, we had uh, David Hopkins and Ron Earls and Katie Wadden doing that. And then Middle Cove, we had Tammy Butler, who's been running that station for a very long time, and uh, Rayona Steiner and Scott Grant and Gilbert Reed. And then we had uh, Cheryl Myers and Aiden Spool, um, who also works at the Outfitters and huh. also won an ultra last year, um, running the Marine Lab aid station. So then from, for each trail section, we also had uh, two people volunteering. We call them sweepers. So they follow the final runners, the race route, uh, make sure no one's left behind on the trail. Um, and we also um, are removing all the flagging tape, so we're not leaving anything behind from our race on the trail. And I would like to um, thank John Duke and Greg Lynch, uh, and Jerry Costello and Tammy and for parents and Olivia, as well as Linda um, Newhook and Am Amspokal um, for their help and assistance and cheering people along the trails is number one, and I always believe you can't have you can't have fun if you're not being safe. And uh, the confidence and peace of mind to know that people are off the trail and we can move on is um, it's kind of my number one thing as the race director.
0: That's Don Clark, organizer of the ECT Ultra and director and community events coordinator at The Outfitters. We're learning all about last week's 50 kilometer trail run on the East Coast Trail. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back here with Don Clark, organizer of the ECT Ultra and director and community events coordinator at the Outfitters. We're learning all about last weekend's 50 kilometer trail run on the East Coast trail. Let's get back to the interview. There has to be some appeal to trail running. It's estimated that about 20 million people are trail running right now, but those numbers are increasing a lot every year. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, all you need is a pair of shoes Mm -hmm. and a trail Mm -hmm. and any age, any ability, any body type, like anyone can be a trail runner. And if we're out on the trail running, like we're all, we're all like, you get it. Like almost immediate sort of respect or acknowledgement in the trail running community. It's a very open and accepting community of people. And like, there's like, why wouldn't you want that? like? we have a really strong uh, Facebook group out there and trail running people can post on there. Hey, I'm looking to go for a run. And chances are you'll get three or five strangers that you don't even know, like wanting to meet up and go out for a run with you. And um, it's also like cognitively stimulating. There's a lot of great physical benefits to trail running. Like you have a fantastic night's sleep um, after you go for a run and you could go out for a half hour, 45 minutes, four hours, nine hours, like, It's really up to you.
0: That's right. It's called an immersive experience, you know, and can you really expand on that? Because I know that there's some health benefits being in nature, but you know, how is, how is trail running more immersive than other things that you've done outside?
1: I don't know totally about outside, but like Mm -hmm. if, if we were to compare to sort of road running, you don't have to look everywhere you're stepping, right? Like you, you can focus a bit more maybe on your pace and your distance and, and stuff but when we're trail running like you can only really plan for your next three steps like you need to dodge this route or like accommodate your your path for this rock or whatever like you're really cognitively stimulated and engaged um, with your surrounding um and then on top of it like you know there's this outdoor therapy like there's something real special about being out on the on the east coast trail um or out in the trail um it's it's quite nice and then on top of that let's go back to the popularity and uh, it it sounds scary but like it's really safe i don't have to worry about cars and mm. people not stopping at stop signs or things like that and it, usually you're probably with a friend so like you have that shared experience and you're kind of chatting and you know you might want to stop take a photo of the view and uh, yeah. there, there's always something out there
0: I love that. You know, it's funny from a, from a rehabilitation side of things, which is where I came from. You know, I also think about those overuse injuries being the same stride on a hard surface all the time by doing trail running. You're on different uneven surfaces, which is actually good for your body in a lot of ways to adapt to all these different changes. So I could see how that reduces some of the wear and tear, even though the trails are probably significantly more difficult physically uh, than running in a straight line on a flat road. I, I'm
1: glad you brought it up because I wanted to bring that up and uh, I kind of forgot about that. But mm-hmm. yes, it's uh, different impact points and you know you, you end up using a bit more core and back muscles um, to balance and stabilize. Um, and there's a, a handful of people that maybe have knee injuries and um, you know they've had to retire from road running that have fallen in love with trail running. Mm. And there's even people that use the trail running to help train and condition for the road races.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I remember I used to run cross country when I was in high school and uh, we used to run through the trail system all the time. And I always thought it was a great way to train. It was so much more um, you could be so much more present. It was so much more enjoyable than being in a neighborhood running around. But you did mention the right gear. And I think it's important. Obviously, you're with outfitters, so you know about the right gear. What is the best type of gear? What would people need before they start to, to make sure that they're not going to put themselves at risk for injury or or keep them unsafe when they're on the trail? You
1: need trail running shoes. So a trail running shoe feels like a, a running shoe on the top of your foot, but on the outsole, which is your um, the bottom of the shoe, there is a tread that has a better pattern for grip on non-pavement surfaces, so mud and rocks, gravel, dirt. So you you can keep your traction. um, So you can confidently be moving up and down and around on the trail with stability and uh, traction so you're not slipping.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Those roots get slippery. And I think that if you, for folks listening that haven't spent a lot of time in the trail system in Newfoundland, our trails are a lot more rocky and a lot more rooty than other places because our soil is so thin here that a lot of the time you are going over these roots and, and quite often it's wet and can be slippery. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me right there. Okay. So that's shoes, but you mentioned there's potentially other gear as well.
1: Yeah, from there, depending on what your needs and preferences are for the activity you're doing, you can really grow in this sport. Trekking poles are very popular, um, as well as there's hydration vests. So it's nice, not cumbersome way to carry snacks and your nutrition, as well as your water and maybe some other things you need, like a first aid kit or battery pack, a headlamp um, for when you get into night running. And then beyond the shoes, if we backtrack, like, Great pair of socks, you know, shorts or tights for colder weather, um, moisture-wicking shirts. There's, there's certainly a lot that we can do to enhance that experience, so you can focus on your enjoyment and performance. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm sure you won't say it because uh, obviously uh, might be uh, not wanting to, to, to promote too much, but I will tell people listening that I went to Peru and I hiked the Inca trail and I went down to your shop and outfit myself with all the gear before I went. And it was excellent because people down there also have a really good knowledge of, of what, uh, what people would need. And you've got a good variety of gear. So keep that in mind if you're listening and you do need some of this gear.
1: Yeah. And really would appreciate the uh, opportunity to uh, earn anyone's business and, uh, Mm-hmm. I genuinely say like, we may be physically selling, um, selling items, but ultimately we're, we're selling experiences and memories and it's something that we don't take for granted and are an honor. It's an honor to be a part of, uh, people's enjoyment of the outdoors.
0: Yeah. Well, it's very apparent to me that uh, this is something you're extremely passionate about something that you put a lot of heart and soul in, and you're very supportive of the community. Is there any last thoughts you want to leave our listeners with before we close up today?
1: get outside you'll be surprised if you're not one to get outside if you are looking to get active or find something to do give me a call be happy to chat with you if you're interested in trail running again, we got a fantastic community but there will be a lot of intro and group run events um, coming back and uh, you're certainly
0: welcome Mm -hmm. and how would they find that facebook group you spoke about that was so active
1: um, so NL trail running, which was actually founded by, uh, Katie Wadden get on mm-hmm. Facebook. It's just NL for Newfoundland and then trail running and, uh, put in a quick request. There's a lot of people think we're from the Netherlands, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we kind of have to filter that a little bit. Um, yeah. but all activities and events, uh, according to trail running are happening there. And, um, there's also a, uh, provincial trail running Newfoundland group that, was formed to promote the racing, um, which, you know, hasn't happened in a long time and it's all finally back. So they'll be hosting, um, group runs over the winter and into the spring and definitely into the summer. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, opportunity, um, coming out in the future.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Don. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time, but also appreciate you for throwing such an amazing event and being one of the people to take the helm of organizing it. Thanks for joining us today. And if you ever have any more news, then feel free to reach back out.
1: I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day.
0: You too. Well, that's Don Clark, organizer of the ECT Ultra and director and community events coordinator at the Outfitters. We're learning all about last weekend's 50 kilometer trail run in the East coast trail. Now, when we come back, we'll chat with Lindsey Baird, who's a first-time participant this year. She'll share her preparation, her highlights, and some important tips for those looking at starting trail running and maybe even looking to tackle next year's race. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Lindsey Baird, who is a first-time participant in the ECT Ultra this year. She'll talk about her preparation, highlights, and some tips for those looking at starting trail running or looking to tackle next year's race. Let's check it out. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: That's easy to rope you in. We are family, but we recently witnessed you run by the house and we were hooting and hollering as you ran the East Coast Trail Ultra Marathon. So who better to answer some questions about that experience than, than you, of course. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how long you've been running for.
2: I have been running for five or six years now, but it's only been in the past couple of years that I've been running on the trails a little more. Mm -hmm.
0: Were you always a runner or did you get started doing other sports and then sort of migrate to road running and then into the trails? How did that work?
2: I started running with encouragement from friends. I remember my first five kilometer race was the run for the cure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't stopped running since, but it really does take some encouragement when you feel a little nervous about a race or a longer run. Um, And it's nice to hear from friends that also struggled with running.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Running is challenging. I remember I did a road race when I was a little kid, like I did really well. And I thought I was a good runner until I reached adulthood and realized I'm a terrible runner, actually. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, there's certain things. Some people love running. So, you know, what are some of the things that make you enjoy running that maybe other people could relate to that are listening?
2: I love being outdoors. And some days I don't feel like I want to get outdoors, especially after a long day at work. But when you have a group run planned, it's such a great way to push yourself to get outside and relieve some stress. And I certainly experience that runner's high after finishing a long or difficult run. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a very energetic Husky, as you know, so he likes to come along as well. But I'm lucky because a lot of my close friends really enjoy running and the running community in Newfoundland is amazing. So it's one of my favorite group activities now. Mm-hmm. I've met so many people during trail races as well. And I find you really bond with people on the trail because you're both tackling this challenge together. There's no one else around except for you and the couple of runners nearby. So I've made Mm -hmm. so many friends.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. Not from a running perspective, but I rode the regatta for a number of years. And I know that the people I met down there doing it, you have this common link of, I don't know what's a common sort of craziness of deciding to do something that's pretty challenging, but it does bring you together. And you do have a sense of community with that. But you, you kind of said it, you know, you go on different runs, there's different lengths of runs, you know, what kind of distances do people run and what have you sort of typically run in the past?
2: Uh, 50 is by far the longest distance I've tackled leading up to the 50. I did have a 35 kilometer trail run in my training plan. So those are two of my longest runs. Um, I've, I've run a variety of races in the past, both trail and road, uh, the longest being a half marathon, I'd say, which is about 21 kilometers. I've also raced in snowshoes. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are so many different styles of of racing that are happening in Newfoundland. Um, you've just got to know where to go find these events.
0: Yeah. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today because you're somebody who's kind of migrated through the various different types of running. You kind of know it and it'd be an experience that'd be similar to anybody that was sort of immersing themselves in a new habit, like like running this listening here today. So you said you ran in trail runs, you run in a road race. I know you've run the Telly 10 several times, but what do you prefer and, and sort of what are the pros and cons of each one of those types of racing?
2: I do enjoy a combination of both. I um, and, and you'll notice that in a lot of the trail running training plans that there's a combination of road and trail, but I do favor the trails. We're so lucky here. Running along the coast is always breathtaking. Like it doesn't get old for me. It's a bit of an adventure, you know, meeting your friends, packing lunch for the day. Like your, your trail runs are going to be longer than your road runs. Like my pace on the trail is much slower because you're climbing. There's a lot of elevation So you may spend hours out on the trail. So it's definitely a different experience.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right. You can even take some time waiting for your family members to get up the driveway when they miss you running by the (laughs) house. (laughs)
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And I think that's one of the things that sort of come through in my conversation with Don as well, is that those events are a little bit different than the hyper-competitive road races where people are going for perfect timing because there's so many unexpected variables when it comes to trail running. So what really motivated you to not only get a trail running, but in this case specifically do the East Coast Trail Ultra Marathon? Because that's 50 kilometers. I didn't realize it actually starts the night before it goes all night long and then you have until a certain period of time the next day to actually finish this race so what prompted you to do this pretty huge physical challenge
2: i had signed up for a 25 kilometer trail run on the west coast this summer Mm -hmm. it's called the joy run which Mm -hmm. was founded by tanya joy and she's an excellent trail runner Uh, she ran the ect 50 as well anyhow i couldn't make the race on the west coast And I was really disappointed. So when I saw that Don was organizing ECT 50, I had to register. However, it definitely took some encouragement from friends and fellow runners. Obviously you want to be safe and avoid injuries. So you don't want to push yourself beyond um, what's possible for your body at the time. But I figured I had enough time to train properly for this.
0: I guess that's a big point is training comes down with this is my world. This is where I came from was training athletes and the training for this, no matter how fast or slow you go, you still have to be cognizant that your body can get damaged doing this enormous amount. I've, you know, I've hiked 20 kilometers before and my body was destroyed the next day. I couldn't imagine running 50. How did you actually train for the event? And was it a long process?
2: For sure. Um, A lot of the training plans I've seen for something like this are a few months, at least you want to, you want to have a few months to train. Um, So I trained on both road and trail. Mm -hmm. And we're so lucky in St. John's because our trail systems are so accessible. Mm -hmm. So I would run Sugarloaf Trail in the mornings with my friend, Annika Sharway, who also ran the ECT50 Mm -hmm. And on the weekends, we would fit in a longer run, such as Styles Cove Path, which is about 15 kilometers. There are so many training plans online as well for marathon training and ultra marathon training. So I did find one that worked for me based on my skill level, when I decided I was going to do this, Mm -hmm. it's not just running, it's your stretching, yoga, uh, cross training, all of those things prevent injury when you're tackling something. As long as the ECT 50,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so mm-hmm. important to have a plan in place and to follow it. It's really easy. I, I mean, I I certainly um, veered off the training plan when I was really busy or I had things come up unexpectedly, which definitely added to uh, my stress, but um, it all worked out.
0: Okay. So now you've physically prepared yourself for a race. You've mentally prepared yourself for a race. You've had all the support. You've had friends and everybody to get you all prepared for this big event. And now you're actually running the race. And one of the things that's coming back is how much fun it was. What was the part that you enjoyed the most? Was there a certain view or a certain aspect that really stood out to you?
2: Yeah, a couple for sure. Um, well, Father Troy always loved that section uh, running along the coast towards Torbay Beach. It's just a beautiful trail. It's not overly technical, it's easy on the legs because it's less rocky than the other section. So that was lovely seeing so many familiar faces that I haven't seen in months. I mean, for the past few years, we haven't had an opportunity to run together. And a lot of people in the running community, I mean, I would only see them at races. So it was so nice to catch up with other people on the trail. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And, you know, when I when I was finishing and running towards Kitty Vitty, I could hear my friends cheering for me in the distance. Um, Some of them even brought their kids you know, you were out waving at me when I ran by your house, so it's mm-hmm. so fun to see friends and family when you're when you're running.
0: That's right, that's right. Well, Leanne and uh, your mother ran halfway down the road in a pair of slippers, I think, to keep up and <laughs> be motivated and that's awesome yeah. because you know yeah. that, that doesn't happen at the Boston Marathon and uh, you know
2: exactly,
0: uh, yeah, uh, that was all stuff you enjoyed, but there had to be periods of time during that race that you found exceptionally hard. What was the hardest part of the race for you?
2: Uh, it was the first section actually, um, which is funny because I had a lot of energy and adrenaline, and I enjoy Styles Cove Path, which would have been where we started. But um, I was experiencing knee pain, and a few weeks before the race, I started experiencing this knee pain, and it was creating this anxiety. So that really affected me mentally, I had to overcome that anxiety that I wouldn't finish due to this mild knee injury Mm -hmm. that I had sustained. But luckily the pain subsided and the rest of the race went off without a hitch. It was an absolutely beautiful day and I didn't experience any other issues. So the hardest part is definitely overcoming that mental challenge when you feel like you may not make it to the end.
0: Well, that's Lindsay Baird, who's a first-time participant in the ECT Ultra this year. She's sharing about her preparation, some highlights of the race, and some tips for those looking at starting trail running or looking to tackle something a bit more intense like the ECT Ultra next year. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Lindsay Baird, who is a first-time participant in the ECT Ultra this year. She'll talk about her preparation, highlights, and some tips for those looking at starting trail running or looking to tackle next year's race. Let's check it out. Okay, so you, you mentioned some different challenges there. You said knee pain. You said there's training. Yeah. There was, there was a, just the idea of committing to the event. What was one of the things that, that you know made the event special for you to participate in? Was it, was it the friends? Was it the views? What was it? It's
2: so incredible to see all of the volunteers and friends and family out on the course, Mm -hmm. just cheering you on and bringing you fuel or a change of clothes. It really takes a village of people to get you across the finish line. Mm -hmm. Um, I also ran alongside two of my best friends, Annika and Alyssa Devereaux. Mm -hmm. And tackling a challenge like that alongside your buddies is always really special. And uh, actually my friend Alyssa was the first woman to run the East Coast Trail North section unbroken. Mm-hmm. So she ran 105 kilometers in 25 hours. Wow. Um, she's super inspiring. She really encouraged me to start trail running early on. So we ran into middle cove together and Alyssa actually stopped to breastfeed her baby. <laughs> and then she got back on the trail and finished the race. So That's... she's and she's a superstar. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, pretty wild story when you told me that that was, uh, that's a interesting story, but also something that shows that, you know, the, the type of race is very different than what people would expect, where, you know, people are pacing themselves and they're doing it for other reasons than just winning. It's just a sense of accomplishment to complete something that's such an enormous task for people. For other people that would thinking about taking up trail running and expand the distances they're currently running, like what advice would you have for them when it comes to maybe biting off a little bit of a bigger challenge?
2: There are a bunch of great running groups on Facebook. You can join to keep up on races and group runs such as NL trail running and NL running. It's great to join those groups because tackling longer distances, it's really great to have a buddy out there to keep you motivated. It's also safer to be out on the trail if you're going to be out on the trail for six hours to have a buddy. So really recommend joining those Facebook groups. And it's important to have the proper gear as well. And there are so many knowledgeable people at Outfitters. I, I went to Outfitters before ECT50 to discuss running with poles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had never ran with poles before. So I picked up poles at Outfitters I looked at a few, I tried a few out there in store and I ended up running the ECT 50 with poles Mm -hmm. and, um, it changed everything for me. It really took a lot of the strain off my legs when I was climbing up some of, some of that elevation. So, Mm -hmm. um, getting your crew and having proper gear, I think is really important when you're going to expand those distances and Mm -hmm. layering on those kilometers slowly. So you don't experience some sort of injury.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Having mentorship is important. Again, I'll just sort of cross-reference my experience yeah. with rowing. rowing. When we started rowing, we got Mike Power, who's in the Hall of Fame, come out and show us because it's if you're going to tackle something that's going to be challenging, it's, it's best to do it right, right off the get-go so that you don't hurt yourself and you are safe, especially something like trail running. You're on cliffs, you're in the middle of nowhere, and those trail runs tend to be quite long. And so for you, somebody who's an experienced runner, what surprised you the most about this experience and what did you learn from it going forward?
2: I learned a lot about nutrition and what works for me to keep me energized during a longer run. Everyone is so different and they react so differently to things like caffeine or gels and solid foods when you're running, because this was my first ultra. I really wasn't sure what was going to work for me. Mm -hmm. So during our, our training, you know, we tried many different things, but you still don't know, you know, when you're at the 45 kilometer mark, what what may work um i did hit a spot alongside sugar loaf when i was totally drained and i thought this was at like 45 i thought okay i'm tapping out Mm -hmm. and i realized that you know i hadn't been eating so i did um set alarms so that you know i would remind myself to to eat throughout the 50 kilometers but i would say that was that was surprising Some things that had worked for me in the past on shorter runs just didn't jive with me during the ultra. So,
0: yeah. And it's such a hard event to train for because you're not going to be doing races that are 50 kilometers in preparation for it. Like you could do no. with road races. And so, you know, nutrition, you're speaking my language on that one. That is one of the most complex things for people to figure out, depending on the weather, depending on the time of year, there's a whole bunch of factors that can play a part in that. So that's, that's good. You learned that of course, you'll be able to carry that forward with you on future runs because it was such a, such a longer run than you used to. But the big question, I guess, would be, uh, would you do it again?
2: Absolutely would do it again. Mm -hmm. I think I'm still experiencing the runner's high a few days after the fact. I am eyeing some longer trail races outside of NL as well. It was just such an enjoyable experience. It's amazing accomplishing a goal that you thought would have been impossible for you to to tackle, you know, just last year, just six months ago. Mm -hmm. So really looking forward to my next ultra.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, a good friend of mine, Dan Meads, was on the show before talking about trail running the first time we, we sort of tackled this topic and he said exactly the same thing that you get the sense of accomplishment. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, once you're done, you're looking at what do I start planning next? Any last thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with before we close up today about, you know, what they're toying with the idea of getting into trail running?
2: Yeah. Well, winter is just around the corner which means lots of snow and ice on the ECT, but it is possible to continue trail running with the right gear in the winter time. Mm -hmm. So I just started winter trail running a few years ago. Outfitters has a selection of running crampons that you can strap onto your sneakers so that you can run over snow and ice. I was so shocked When I first tried running with crampons, like they were amazing. I felt super steady on ice and snow. A lot of the trails end up getting really packed down as well. You know, there's trail system through Pippi Park, the Avon Mountain Biking Association. They have trail system up on White Hills, so a lot of those are great for running. They they have separate groups as well. Sometimes there's trail building happening. Sometimes the trails aren't in great shape for running. So it's really good to keep up on those and respect what's happening up there. There are a lot of volunteers out there working on those trails. So you don't want to run along those trails unless they're they're okay for that. But there are some running groups that post about group runs in the wintertime as well. And you'd probably find those in the NL trail running facebook group page
0: that's excellent well don mentioned that same facebook group as well it sounds like it's a very welcoming community one supportive of people at all skill levels and it sounds like it's something we can do all year round but i just want to say thanks for coming on today thanks for sharing your story and congratulations on that huge accomplishment
2: thanks so much
0: well thank you to my guests for joining me today there's no doubt that the ect ultra is a grueling 50 kilometer event however it also seems to be a really great time Fun is emphasized, community is fostered, and the finish line being the end of old sounds like a pretty nice reward after a long run. For a sport that sounds like it might be exclusive to joint, the resounding takeaway is that it's all about community and supporting one another. Whether you're new to trail running or a seasoned veteran, there's room for everyone. And the fact that we have some of the most amazing trail running systems in the world doesn't hurt either. Any activity that gets us outside is affordable, inclusive, and accessible, And most of all, is welcoming to those just learning is well worth learning more about. Which is why I'm so grateful that Don and Lindsay could share their experiences with us today. Well, that's our show this week. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Happy trails. And we'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.